guys, welcome to the Gita Brown Show, bringing harmony into everyday life. Today's show, we are talking about help, my brain is fried. So today we're going to inspire you with practical tips for your creativity and spirit. If you're a musician, an artist, a writer, or just a creative-minded soul, you have found your source for inspiration and guidance. So my name is Gita. Hey, my friend. I help creative people from all walks of life develop a holistic lifestyle that supports their art, creativity, health, and their joy. So I've been doing yoga for over 30 years. I've been playing clarinet for even longer than that. I've taught literally hundreds of people And I've struggled myself with what to do when I have brain fry at the end of a project when I'm really wiped and tired, but I still have finals to grade, or I still have a performance to do, or I still have one more tax return to file. What do you do when your brain is fried and you feel like you can't go on, but you absolutely must? I am going to share with you my number one tip that I have learned over the years, a daily practice I do every day that supports me. In fact, I did it this morning before recording this show for you guys. So if you hit play on this episode, I'm guessing maybe your brain is feeling a little fried or you're anticipating feeling brain fried. You know, have you ever wanted to just sack out on the couch and eat a bunch of Cheetos and stream the office because you're so brain dead? Or, you know, maybe, especially if you're a musician, you just finished a run of a show and you're just completely wiped. Or you're in college and you just finished finals or your jury exams if you're a music performance major. Man, your brain is just sizzled, but you still have things to do. What if you had a technique you could do every day that would help not only alleviate the brain fry, prevent it from happening, and also give you that extra boost if you do have to dig deep in that well to get one more awesome project done, what would life be like if you had that tool at your ready? What if it was free? What if it was easy to do? And what if you could do it without any help from anybody at all? Imagine what life would be like if you had a tool like that. I'm going to tell you how to do it today. So let me just, before we dive in though, reiterate what a downer it can be to experience this level of brain fry. It can be um, kind of like a letdown after a major big performance. It can also be a little bit scary if you still have more work to do and you feel like, I just can't concentrate. I just can't get there. I'm pressured to be creative and I just can't do it. I know it's not easy. I have been there. I've had that pressure to perform and produce and that internal desire to do better. And I'm guessing if you're watching this, you are one of those people who has that internal desire to elevate your life, right? You didn't pick this podcast because you really want to sit on the couch and just eat Cheetos. You picked this show because you want to move forward a little bit. So let me just say, I'm there with you in spirit and in solidarity. I know it's not easy. I know when we're feeling tired, especially as creative people, and our brain is sizzled, that we just feel like it's insurmountable. But I'm here to tell you that it is not insurmountable. You can recover faster, and you can lay plans for the future to keep that brain fry from ever even happening again. So, and also, like, let me give you a little permission here, too. little permission slip. Because my friends, there is times when we really do need to just lay on the couch and eat the Cheetos and watch The Office or whatever it is for you, Game of Thrones, whatever your binge pleasure is. Sometimes you just need that. 
it's okay to downshift. It's okay to just kind of zone out a little bit. As long as that's not your default setting, as long as that's not your everyday way of resetting, you're totally fine. Do it every once in a while, no worries. But let's lay some habits together today so that you can keep your brain functioning at optimum levels. Sound like a plan? Okay. So I'm going to tell you just a really quick story from my own life about something that was sort of a revelation for me. And once I experienced it, I never stopped doing it. And I'm going to give you a little research because uh, I'm kind of a science nerd and I like to share research with you. And then I'm at the uh, about halfway point of this, I'm going to give you four ways to do this practice for yourself, four different ways you can shut off this podcast and get right to work with. Okay. So about, let's see, this was over a decade ago. I went to an ashram. An ashram is a spiritual community that is dedicated to living in the lifestyle of yoga. So I went to an ashram called Yogaville in Virginia, and I went there for a teacher training. So this teacher training, not only were we training to become yoga teachers, so all the anatomy and physiology, all of the physical practice, all of the meditation and self-study and philosophical study that we did of those books over my shoulder, but also when you're at an ashram, you're living in a monastic community. You're living with people, swamis, who are like monks and nuns in their tradition. So you're living yoga 24-7 in the dining hall, when you're in the uh, residence hall, when you're walking across the quad, you're just immersed in it. And on the one hand, that was awesome. On the other hand, it was really hard because, you know, I'm kind of one of those high performers. I want to do well at everything. So I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to like go to every single meditation and take every single class and study all the time and not watch any outside TV, not have any caffeine, really live and breathe the yoga so that when I came back and started teaching it, I would actually be a bit more authentic. So you know, along with, and then of course, taking the teacher training, which is like, you know, immersion in college experience all over again. So yeah, about halfway through, guess what? My brain was fried. It was like, you could not stuff another fact about like the way the rotator cuff works or the meaning of spiritual discourse and non-attachment into my brain. I, at that point I wanted to just, for me, it was chocolate. I wanted to binge some chocolate and I wanted to go to the movies and just forget about all of this work stuff. But at Yogaville, they have a nice little routine that they made us do. They built it into our schedule every day. So we'd have morning practice, meditation, yoga practice, breakfast, good two to three hour chunk of lecture and deep, deep study. And then right at noontime, we would break. All work at the ashram at noon stops and everyone stops to meditate. I'm not going to talk about meditation today. That's a separate episode, but it was the thing that happened before meditation that was the game changer for my brain fry. So we had an option to either take the van to where we would meditate or we could walk to where we'd meditate. Some days I was really tired. I took the van, but most days after being inside and studying for so long, I was ready to walk. You know how that feels, right? I'm sure you've been stuck behind a computer or at a desk or inside and boy, you just want to get out at some point. It felt like that. So we would take this lovely walk through the woods. You can kind of picture it here with me. It was summertime in Virginia, perfect temperature, not too hot, not too cold. 
And we would walk through these beautiful wooded hills. Now there's no hunting at Yogaville, being a spiritual community. So the deer were quite tame. So you'd see deer frolicking. I mean, it could not be more magical. There's little streams and rivers that you would cross. We'd walk through the woods together. Sometimes we would talk. Sometimes we would just keep our silence and we would walk to the new meditation. We'd have our meditation. And most days I decided to walk back too. And it was in those walks I realized that some like strange alchemy was happening. Something about that physical forward motion, something about that little time where I could just let my mind kind of wander off and integrate everything I had learned was giving me energy. And now that seems a little counterintuitive, right? Like for most of us, when we exercise, sometimes we might feel a little tired after or feel a little drained. Even though I was giving output into that walk, what I was getting back was filling my battery back up. And something in me shifted. And since I left that training well over a decade ago now, maybe even pushing on two decades, dare I say, um, I haven't stopped walking every day. It's become part of my daily routine. It's free. I can do it anywhere. Even when I had a big old boot on my foot from an injury, I was walking with that boot. And let me give a little thing here before I go into the research and then into the tips for you about different ways to structure your walk so that it has more purpose for you. Um, Accessibility is is a big thing for a lot of us. You know, we can take walking for granted. Walk however you walk. You might be walking in a wheelchair with crutches, with braces. It doesn't matter. A walk for you might be like a huge achievement to go from inside to a bench across the parking lot and sit in the park. That might constitute a walk for you. Whatever walking means for you in that beautiful body that you're in, it just means moving a little bit purposefully and getting outside, preferably. Not treadmill walking. We're going to talk about that in a minute. So however you move, that's the kind of walking I'm talking about. All right, my friends? Okay, I want to give you a few little scientific facts because there's so many, but this particular research study, I thought, wow, people are going to be interested in. So uh, Southern California California University professor, let me see if I can find his name, Robert Thayer. Thank you, Robert, for doing this. He's a professor of psychology. So they did a huge research study. I'll link it so that you guys can actually read the whole thing. But what happened was this. Uh, They put some pedometers on some folks and actually had them walk, and they measured uh, different psychological measures. So what they found was that at the end of each day that included a walk, they judged their day including ratings of self-esteem, happiness, overall mood and depression, as well as energy and tension. And if you think about brain fry, (laughs) when your brain is fried, your energy is down. Your tension is usually up. Your overall mood is way down, and I'm betting if your brain is fried and you're watching this or listening that you are not feeling super, super happy right now. You're probably a little bit cranky pants if you're like me when I get, that's why we crave the carbs and the sweets because we want to feel better. But here's what they found. Quote, this is from Robert Thayer, we found that there was a clear and strong relationship between the number of steps they took and their overall mood and energy level. It indicates that we're talking about a wider phenomenon here more than just walk more, feel more energy. We're talking about walk more and be happier. Walk more and have higher self-esteem and be more into your diet and the nutritionist, nutritiousness, say that three times quickly, <laughs> of your diet. Um, which was very interesting little side thing of the study that after people walked, people rated their diet as being healthier. Something about taking that little action towards health and wellness bled out into the participant's life. 
Um, so, and he also says what I was saying a moment ago, it's a little counterintuitive that it increases energy because that you think when you exercise or you walk, you expend energy, but it turns out that it produces more energy for the participants in this research study. Um, Harvard Medical um, School has also done a ton of research on walking. They have linked walking to, if you are someone out there with health issues, listen closely, to a lower risk of diabetes, stronger bones. Hello, women going through menopause, hello. A healthier cardiovascular system, reduced body fat, and increased energy, which is what we're talking about today, that brain fry. Okay, so if that research doesn't like light a fire under you and make you wanna just like get up and move right now, I don't know what other way to do it other than to come into your house and grab your hand and say, let's go outside. So if you're still not convinced, I'm gonna give you, I think one, two, three, at least three different ways right now to take a walk so that you get some structure around it. Because a lot of times for, sometimes our barrier of getting over brain fry is knowing what else to do besides sit on the couch and eat the Cheetos and binge watch Netflix. So one of my favorite things to do, uh, types of walks, is called what I call a solo saunter. This is just me, myself, and I. And in order to have freedom, I actually give myself a little structure. It's kind of like improvisation and jazz. You don't just play whatever, right? You have a little kind of set of rules and you get to play within, within that kind of sandbox. So with a solo saunter, here are the rules for you. You could think of it like a little checklist. Number one, you are walking with no fixed route in mind. You can be in a city, you can be in the countryside, you can be in the suburbs, doesn't matter, but you're not going with a fixed route. You're not going to Starbucks, people, okay? You're going with no fixed route. It's really important that you let yourself ramble because that will tap into your intuition. That will bypass that cerebral cortex part of your brain that is so tired and giving you that brain fry and help you tap into your more instinctual part of yourself that's gonna guide you to what you actually need to recover from being so like burned out. So walk with no fixed route, number one, on your solo saunter. Okay, put away your phone. There will be no Google mapping of where you're at, no checking where you're at here, no checking into places. Just tuck it away. If you can, maybe you can't, but if you can, turn it off entirely. Now, parents, you got to leave the phone on. I get that, but tuck it away, all right? And, you know, get rid of the earbuds too. Number three, no earbuds, no headphones, nothing like that. Let the world be your soundtrack. Let the worlds of your natural environment, of the city, of the woods, of the birds, wherever you are, let that infuse your senses and soothe your brain fry. Uh, go alone, obviously, would be another one, a solo saunter. And one of the most important ones, pay attention. Actually draw your senses out from your brain-fried mind and let yourself pay attention to the world around you. When I walk, whenever I travel, I walk, I do a solo saunter. I just leave my hotel and I go. And when I'm in New York, I spend so much time looking at the architecture. I'm that dorky tourist. I don't mind it. I stand there and I gawk up because it's amazing. Stop and look up every now and then. Also, you can, if you're in the woods, so much to pay attention to on the forest floor. One of my aunts that I walk with, my aunts, she walks on the beach and she's always looking down to see what amazing things she can discover on the beach. She goes slow and pays attention that way. So for your solo saunter, again, here are the rules. Walk with no fixed route. 
Put away your phone, put away your earbuds, just be in the world. Let that soothe you and recharge you. Use that world as your symphony and soundtrack. Go alone and pay attention, please pay attention. Okay, so solo saunter is great. But you know, sometimes when you're brain fried, you might need to go with a friend. And sometimes that friend can actually be nature. I'm gonna talk about a partner walk in a little bit, but I'm talking about making friends with nature on my next type of walk. So this next walk is the, what I call the ask a question walk. It's one of my favorite things to do. This is based off of the amazing work of Ted Andrews. Ted Andrews is a naturalist and a writer. Please go check his books out, Animal Speak and Nature Speak. They rock my world. But he has this wonderful practice that I read about and started doing. So thank you, Ted, for that. We love you for this one. So it's my ask a question walk. So before I go out into the woods, especially if I have something that's gnawing at me, think about a question you have right now. Should I stay at this job? Should I leave? Should I stay with him? Should I stay with her? What should I do for my next project? Um, or where am I, I feel like I, I should move. Should I move or shouldn't I? You have something that's weighing on you, right? Most of us are in transition at some point. So think about a question right now that you have in your life that's kind of burning. Make that question really specific and concrete. And before you set out on your walk, ask it specifically and get really, really detailed. The clearer you are with your question, the more you'll be able to recognize the answer. So before you leave on your walk, you've got your question in your mind, and then you just go out into nature. Whatever nature is for you, that might be an arboretum in a city, that might just be a greenhouse in a city, it might actually be going into the woods or walking in your neighborhood in suburbia and actually noticing the nature that is all around us. Maybe you can go to the beach. Wherever you get to do your nature walk, your next job after you ask the question, take the walk by yourself and pay attention. Slow down and notice. Notice what animals draw you. Notice what sounds bring your attention out. Notice what textures or sights you see. Notice in particular any unusual activity from animals that seems to really grab your attention or any unusual plant that seems to like really jump out at you. And when you get back home, pause a moment and reflect on that. For example, usually for me, hawks are a big spirit animal for me. And I've come to notice that, you know, nature is always speaking to me and has lessons. So I'll ask a question, like say, uh, when I was deciding to move here to Massachusetts, should I move? I'd go outside and there would be a hawk and that hawk would be like zooming across the sky um, from, where was it, east, to, uh, sorry, from west to east, like, like a beeline. And I moved, guess what, from west to east and flew really, really quick. Other times I've asked, should I move? I'd see a friend hawk, a friend hawk would just be sitting there. Perhaps not yet, perhaps wait for the answer to come to you. But by paying attention to these little cues, you can start to kind of develop your intuition, connect to the natural world, and use those as little clues and cues of like different ways to think about the problem that's in your mind. It's not necessarily gonna be like an oracle here, people, and just like come down and like drop a message in your lap but it's gonna give you cues for how to uncover your connection to your soul. And when you uncover that connection to your soul, then you'll know the next step to go forward. Check out the work of Ted Andrews. He has a lot more on how to like read and interpret those nature and animal signs. But if you just go out and take that walk and pay attention to what you see and think about it for a moment or journal when you get home, the answers are all there. You just need to be quiet enough to hear them. Okay.
Now there's another kind of walk. I'm actually going to give you four today. Bonus. How is that? Okay. So you've got your solo saunter. You've got your ask a question walk. Another kind of walk. How about a power walk, people? How about one where you lace up the shoes and you are like, okay, this is one to do. Do a checklist. You're listening right now. You're kind of brain fried. But you notice that it's just your brain that's fried. Your physical energy actually feels pretty good. Or maybe you're like you're a little bit wired from traveling or just like a long show run or just like a long school year. But your body's kind of like a little tense and ready to go. That is the time to actually take a walk that's going to get your cardiovascular system pumping. Get more oxygen. Get yourself moving. You know, it's like lace up the sneakers time. Get a nice fixed route and go. And maybe, yeah, you want to put on some music to this one and, and match those steps to the music to get yourself pumping, to get yourself out of your head and into your body a little bit, right? So the solo saunter is a little bit more like tapping into intuition. This one is about coming back into the body, getting grounded, and letting that physical exercise give you a boost. This one feels really, really good. I love it. I do it frequently after I travel. As soon as I get to the city I'm in, I say, I love you all so much. I greet everyone that I'm there to see. And I say, hey, I'm going to go take a walk for half an hour. And I go. And boy, it fills the body with fresh oxygen. It feels really, really good. And it's free. Okay. Last one I'm going to give you is one of my favorites. If you have, say, a friend, a colleague, or a coworker in your life, and you need to have a difficult conversation, or you just need to discuss a, a project that's kind of, you know, it's a little sticky and you haven't figured out how to take care of it yet, take a walk with that person. Uh, one of my favorite colleagues from a number of years ago, she and I would always have these meetings that were kind of pretty intense, and we were always making like big decisions together, and we would always say, we're going to meet at the school, and we're going to take this particular loop walk near our school. We're going to take that loop walk, takes about 45 minutes, and that's going to be our meeting. Without fail, my friends, we managed to move forward with our projects when we took that walk together. There's something about leaving on a walk with another person that helps you have that difficult conversation. Maybe it's because you're not quite facing each other, but I think there's something to that forward motion aspect of it, right? That you're literally moving forward together and also letting all of your senses play with the environment too keeps you out of your stuck and repetitive and brain fry patterns, right? A hallmark of brain fry is that you're just, you're stuck in what you've been doing and you need to move out of it. So going out and taking your meetings as walks is huge. It really, 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 really helps. I do this as often as I can, and I've never regretted a single meeting that I've held where I've walked with another person, whether it's a power walker I'm walking with or someone who just likes to sort of stroll super slowly. I've loved them all, and they've all been really, really productive. Okay, my friends, boy, I feel like I've like pleaded my case here. Does anyone want to go take a walk with me, please? <laughs> so you've got your solo saunter. You've got your ask a question walk. You have your power walk for when your brain is fried, but your body's like a little wired. And then you have your family, friend, or coworker sort of difficult conversation walk that you can do. So your homework is to identify what you need. Do you need the solo walk for some self-soothing? Uh, do you need to ask a question and get out there and ask nature a question and see what you can learn from the world around you? Are you fried and you need to get your body moving? Uh, do you need to have a difficult conversation and that's going to be a great walk for you? Pick one right now, my friend. Set a time and go take a walk. 
and I want to hear about it. So wherever you're watching this, drop a comment and let me know how your walk went. Make it a daily habit. I promise you, you will not regret it. And I hope to see you out there in the world. So maybe even you're going to just keep streaming this show and you're going to get up off your seat right now and, and walk. And while you get up and walk, I'm going to give you a chant for peace. This is a, a way I like to close the show every time. It's a chant for universal peace. I'll do it in the original Sanskrit first, which comes from the yoga tradition in India. And then I'll give you the English translation afterwards, and we will bless your walk together. Loka samasta sukino bhavantu Loka samasta sukino bhavantu Loka samasta sukino bhavantu May the entire universe, and that means you, my friend, be filled with peace and joy, love and light. Om Shanti. Peace to you. Hey, my friends, if you liked this, please share with your friends and spread the love. You can sign up over at my website, GeetaBrown.com, for upsider, uh, insider deals and like little updates that I only share with my followers. And you can follow me on social, too, at Gita C. Brown everywhere, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and please let me know how the walking is going and my friends walk on and keep the peace. Om Shanti. Thank you.